You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Let your heart declare an incredible confession of love to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to give you the ability to speak what you couldn't have spoke if he hadn't come. Hmm. When I look at the kingdom of God that Jesus brought to the earth, the incredible prayer for God's will to be done and is for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, it just moves my heart. And makes me want to celebrate. Throw some church history on you, because I know you came and you just said, man, I hope that bald guy talks to us about some, some church history. <laughs> Athanasius of Alexandria wrote on the incarnation. This is what he says. He did this in order that by destroying even this death, he might himself be believed to be the life. And the power of death be recognized as finally annulled. A marvelous and mighty paradox has thus occurred. For the death with which they thought to inflict on him as dishonor and disgrace has become the glorious monument to death's defeat. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Man. The evil one thought he won. He thought when he got Christ cornered and went through all the suffering, the beating, the scourging, all the mockery, the crucifixion, he thought he had won. He finally took out the one who was a real threat to him losing his grip on his kingdom on the earth. Uh, I love the way Carmen does it in, in his little countdown. You know, the where Jesus and Satan's in the boxing ring and they're going at it and, and then Jesus just puts down his guard and boom, and the count goes. And, and, and Satan's all excited because he knows he's going to be counted out. When it gets to 10, it's going to be over and he's going to be the victor. <laughs> but they start counting the other way. From 10 to 9 to 8, and it's a launch sequence. Something is getting ready to take off in the earth that he had not counted. He thought he won with the cross, but he lost. He found that out when we got to one and Jesus rose from the dead. Wow. That's, that's the central focus of our life is the resurrection of Jesus. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the very power that we need so that we can rise from the dead. We identify with Christ in his death, and that's the symbolism of baptism. As we go down under the baptismal waters, we're identifying with Christ on the cross, his crucifixion, his death. And we say death to the old man. And as we come up, the washing, the cleansing of the water of the word comes over us, and we rise in resurrection power. 
Now I've confessed, we'll never have another baptism the way I've done baptism in the past. That doesn't cut it. You know, that, that's just the beginning. And for, for all those that are going to be baptized, as, as you get baptized in, into the, the death and resurrection of Jesus, then we're going to bring you down here and we're going to have all the saints lay hands on you and impart to you the power of the resurrection. The power that's needed to live in victory in this world where the enemy, even though he's been overthrown, he still doesn't realize he's lost. He still has these little battle skirmishes. He still tries to seduce us and deceive us and to get us to believe something other than the truth that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's amazing. So it's Easter. We better look to the gospel. Math, or Luke chapter 24. We'll look at the first nine verses. Hmm. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember. I thought that was an interesting word. Remember. We're going to look at that this morning. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day, be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Father God, we just ask that you release your Holy Spirit, that we'd have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Particularly, Lord, let us hear what your voice is speaking to us personally this morning and collectively in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. No one expected it. No one expected on the third day for Jesus to rise from the grave. Do you realize Jesus told them on multiple times that he was going to be delivered into the hands of sinners, that they were going to kill him, he was going to be crucified, and that on the third day he would rise. He said it at least three times in the Gospel of Mark alone. But you get the, the feeling with the, 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 rec, the recording that Mark has and Matthew and Luke and John that this was something that he was preparing them for. And there was a time in his ministry when he sets his direction on Jerusalem and he knows what is lying ahead. He knows about the suffering, the crucifixion. He, he understands all of that. And as he's preparing for that, he's teaching his disciples. Unless a wheat, a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it just remains a solitary seed. But if it does, it multiplies. And so he's teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. And here it is. Now it's time. I imagine the trauma of seeing Jesus go through uh, all the suffering, all the torture, and going up on, uh, on Golgotha and being crucified on the cross. I imagine that was devastating. 
I imagine when they saw that, they forgot everything that Jesus said. They were just totally aghast at the fact of how horrible his death was. I imagine that was the topic of conversation if you got with anyone that was there, was I can't believe how bloody he was. I can't believe how much he suffered. And so they, they focused on, on the amazing suffering. And so they take his body down, the Sabbath comes, they can't do any more. And now on the first day of the week, the ladies are going with the spices because they know it's the third day and Jesus is gonna be raised from the dead and they wanna go say hi to him. <laughs> no, nobody has an idea that he's gonna rise from the dead. Everybody thinks he's gonna die. Matter of fact, when you look in the Gospels, especially Matthew, when you see him as he's getting ready to, to leave in, in chapter 28, and he gives us the great commission that says that the disciples came, and this is not just the, the, the 11, because Judas hung himself, but this is the 70 plus that are following Jesus, and were there on the hill. It says, and yet some doubted. They still doubted. They had seen him for 40 days and they still doubted. What is the hold that the evil one has on our hearts that we cannot believe in the resurrection of Jesus? Even Thomas was there. Jesus showed up and the other 10 all saw Jesus and there's Thomas and, and he has no clue. And he says, unless I see him with my eyes and put my fingers in his wounds, his hand in his side, I won't believe. He walked with Jesus three years. He has the testimony of his best friends who said he was just here. You just missed it. They, they still didn't believe. He, he, he still didn't believe. He didn't get it. The ladies, ladies are usually way ahead of us men. They have hearts that believe in all of this, and yet they're at the tomb to put some spices, some burial spices on the body of Jesus. Now, being ladies, they hadn't thought about how in the world they're going to get this sealed tomb opened. Who's going to roll away the stone? They're there. They're, they, none of them are, are in weightlifting competitions, so they don't know what they're going to do. But when they get there, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Because humanly, when, when we're trying to plan something for the Lord, we think of all the different things that we need to do so that we can be complete and prepared. I don't know about you, but I get paralyzed sometimes trying to think of everything. I'm coming over to help Rebecca do a little, I'm gonna do some cutting in while she's rolling over there at the fellowship hall. And I, I, I think, okay, I, I need this, I need the tape, I need, where's my special little tool that I love that just cleans out the, the brush and the rollers? Where's, oh, next thing I know, an hour's gone. I could have been an hour painting and I'm still looking for stuff. I like it when I, I go and, and I don't know that I forgot stuff. And then when I get there, I discover the reason is I don't need it. I forgot the stuff, but guess what? God is way ahead. I don't need it. Rebecca already has everything that's needed to take care of that room. All right. And so you just go with the flow. The ladies not being able to really check everything off, they forgot to bring the muscle, but they get there, they don't need the muscle. 
I love all the different gospels as, as how they portray it, of how that stone got moved. There's an earthquake, there's an angel that moves it. Now we got two guys in white garments, clothing like lightning. Whoa, Whoa that's dazzle. That'll put your eyes out. You know, and they're, and they're, they're there. So the, the ladies get there. They see the door open. They haven't really processed. They're just there to get the spices on Jesus' body. So they thought, oh, great. Let's go in. Let's, let's prepare his body. They go in. There's no body. Now what do you do? Okay, ladies, what do you do? There's no body. You got all these spices. What are you going to do? They wonder. A little feminine activity called wondering. They just, they're wondering, and they're just wondering in the empty tomb, wondering, I wonder what happened to Jesus' body. Hmm. Not remembering anything. Not remembering that he said on the third day I'll rise. Not remembering any of that. They're just wondering. I wonder what happened to the body of Jesus. And then the guys show up, and they freak out. They are terrified. They are in shock. We understand what that did to the women because we find earlier in one of the accounts that it caused the Roman trained military soldiers to fall down in shock and almost as if they were dead. Scared them spitless. They didn't know what to do. So they're on their face. They're on the ground with their face to the ground before these angelic messengers. And then the men speak. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Have you ever just meditated on that question? As I was looking at this passage this week, I just thought, why is it that we keep looking for the living among the dead? How many things are we pursuing with our hearts, our energy, our efforts, our money, and there has no eternal value whatsoever. There's no life in them. There's no eternal life in them. And yet we get caught up in, and they take all our time. They take our resources. They take our focus. We can't direct on our, on our walk with, with the Lord because we're worrying about X, Y, and Z. Now I'm not even going to try to suggest what X, Y, and Z could represent in your life, because I'd probably catch quite a few of you. <laughs> it, it just, that's not it. That's not it. Why do we look for the living among the dead? Why do we look for the eternal among the temporal? Why do we look for the important under the things that is just terrorizing us, that are meaningless, that we get caught and wrapped up in? Why do we do that? I don't know. He says, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. He has risen. Oh, that's, that's good news. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Don't you remember that? All this time, they haven't. And I understand a little something about trauma memory. And when you have a trauma like that, you can't even remember how to open the refrigerator sometimes. You know, you, 
You, you get so overwhelmed with a trauma that you don't know what you did know because the trauma just scrambles everything in your brain, your heart, your emotions. You can't figure out which way to go. You don't know if up is that way or that way. You know, it's, it's so confusing. It's so devastating. It's so overwhelming. But when someone reminds us, remember what he said? Remember what he said? All of a sudden we remember. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, he's not here. Oh, it's the third day. Oh, that's right. He's, he's raised. He's alive. Yes. Boom. They, the light bulbs go on. They remember. They remember. And that's why we need each other. Christianity is not something that you do as, a, as an isolated activity. It's something that we got to do in community because we forget. And when somebody says, remember what the Lord told you? I remember you telling me, you know, last month that the Lord said he was going to do X, Y, and Z. Remember that? Why, why are you so worried? Why are you so... We need to remember. We need to remember. Let's pursue the living in the land of the living, in the realm of the living. Let's pursue the fullness of the kingdom of God in the fullness of heaven. Let's get our access and our connection straight with him. No one expected it. Stones rolled away. Nobody. They're in wonder. Boom. The dudes with the amazing clothing just rocks them. And then they speak. And they remember. They remembered. These are good things to remember, his words. Remember the words of Jesus. We're told as Jesus ascends to heaven and he releases the Holy Spirit, in John he tells us that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance everything that Jesus said and taught. You think that's insignificant? Is that important? I think so. So let's be mindful that that is one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring us into full remembrance of what Jesus said and taught. Let's receive it. The result is the same result every time someone gets too close to God. You, you, you got to blab it. You got to tell everything that you know, everything that you've experienced. And, you know, sometimes we have those encounters with God and we don't have language for it and, and we have more enthusiasm than we have wisdom. And so we just blah, 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 and, and just share all the amazing stuff that God's just done for us, showed us, revealed to us. And as we just put it all out there, it's amazing. Everybody just says, oh, that, that is so wonderful. Thanks for sharing. That's the way they did in your family, right? Somebody came to Christ and the next time a family gathering came and they just starting to share their testimony and everybody just says, oh, that's wonderful. Now they just say, uh, talk to the hand. Got religion, huh? Oh, okay. I remember my dad, he worked at Allison's, you know, and he'd tell me that so-and-so came in and, and uh, oftentimes he had led the guy to the Lord and he heard the guys in his department taking a lottery, how long that religion would stick. You know, he'll last about a week and a half, you know, and, and they'd actually have a bet on how long they would last. 
And I just thought, huh. Listen, that's why the declaration that Mike gave, the proclamation, this isn't about you discovering a better way to make your life more palatable and how to have more of the American dream. This is about sacrifice and surrender. This is about a relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that will consume all of your life and will change the way you think and how you live. And it will be the most wonderful thing you'll ever know. Not without trial, not without hardship. Isn't that amazing? You come to Jesus, your sins are all forgiven, and you come in and you, you know the joy of being his son or a daughter, and you're having a great time, and then calamity strikes. And we're thinking, hold on. This shouldn't be like this. I'm a son and a daughter. Why is this calamity happening to me? And sometimes we get offended with God and we decide, well, I'll just go my other way. No. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And he wants to teach us how to overcome the world. And sometimes the only way that you overcome the world is the the resistance training that comes from when bad things start to happen. And it's out of that that you exercise your spiritual muscles and you increase and develop faith and love to the place where (laughs) my, my prayer for all of us is that we get to where we are so filled with the love of God that we become love. We become God's love. And then we're not all exasperated when things don't go our way or when we don't get treated right and we, we, you know, and, and we just start going all the way down that road into the woe is me instead of understanding this is an opportunity for God to manifest himself in my life in a way that I can find out how the kingdom rules in this situation over this environment. And sometimes it's when we realize it and we take authority and we exercise and the thing breaks. And other times we we endure it and through it all, the genuineness of our faith gets developed and we get refined from 12 carat to 24 carat gold. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So they told all these things. He's risen. Jesus was dead, but now he is risen. Jesus is alive. Now, we've been making that statement. I'm 63 years old. I think the first time I got to Sunday school, I was about four. My parents weren't Christians. My big sister dressed me and took me to Sunday school because I was worth some points that day. So I, I got dragged in there and I heard about Jesus. But every Easter, we, we hear Jesus is alive. I want you to put your hand over your heart right now. Just shut your eyes. And let the Holy Spirit make the reality of that declaration. Jesus is alive. Mm.
Bring the full revelation of that truth, Lord Jesus, into our hearts. Mm. That you are alive. That you're well, that you're in a good mood, you're not mad at us. That you love us and you want us to know that love. At this point in my life, I feel like I'm just starting to get a glimpse of what this whole walk with God's about. And when I look at the young people, I'm just saying, oh, I pray that you get a revelation of the goodness of God as early in your life as possible. We had a lot of babies here today, and that's been my prayer as we've been worshiping. Lord, let them come to understand how good you are. Keep them safe from all the religious junk. Got to watch my language here. All the religious stuff. And let them know the goodness of you. Because there's no one more good than you. And that's why as we've gone through a season in the life of this church of having so many of, of of the saints, so many of our beloved ones go on to heaven, They've, they've transferred out of this reality into another reality. And sometimes when that happens, we think of them how? Oh, that's right. I remember when Ed died. Huh? He's alive. Yeah. We go around saying, oh, I remember when Jesus died. And, and do it in the thing, with the mindset that he's still in the grave. No, he's alive. Your loved ones who have passed in Christ are not dead. They're alive. They're absolutely alive. And I'm finding, I think it has maybe something to do with old age and no hair, (laughs) that the realities of heaven, the veil seems to be thinner and thinner. Whatever that membrane between here and heaven is, I find that it just gets thinner and thinner. Because we're praying, let heaven, your will, be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think, our, I think we as a body of Christ are praying that prayer so regularly that we're seeing that there's a thinning of the veil. So much that as we're in our time with the Lord, he's showing us things of heaven to earth. And it's good. It's absolutely amazing. So because of that, we want to pray for you. If you have any physical need, first of all, anybody came this morning and you had something that was aching, is it still aching? Okay, we got some that still got aches. Okay, two. Any, anybody that came and whatever it was that they were hurting with, they're no longer hurting with it right now. It's left. Came with a headache. It's gone. Anybody? One. Good. Two. Good. Anybody have cancer and now you know the cancer's gone? Amen. Amen. We're going after cancer. Cancer's on our most wanted to destroy list. We don't want cancer. We want to kill cancer. We want to see cancer cured. We want to see cancer bow at the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. And so we're, we're pursuing that. If, if you 
are, are fighting anything in your body, whether it's cancer or something else, we want to pray for you. We want, to, we want to believe that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has authority over whatever ails your body, your soul, your spirit. <laughs> Freedom for the captives. He also wants to heal the brokenhearted. If you have a broken heart today, there is, there is a Savior who died for you. He died to mend the broken heart. Okay? If you are fighting financially and you're in, you're in poverty, he came to bring good news to the poor. I love that. I love that. Let's defeat poverty. Let's prosper. Let's prosper as our soul prospers. Let's do that. So we're going to have the worship team is going to come back and we're going to sing one last song. We're going back to good old traditional Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have a need, we just invite you to come forward. That way we'll know who needs prayer. And whether it's a broken heart, whether it's a broken body, whether it's a broken spirit, uh, whatever you need prayer for, if you'll just come and sit in this first row over here, we'll be happy to come to you and pray for you. For those that need to leave, I would like to say we normally don't go this long, but that, that would be a lie. <laughs> I target noon. I miss the target on a regular basis, but I, I target noon. Um, we love having you back every week. And if you need a church home, we'd love to be your church home. Have you come and join in this walk with Jesus. We, we love it. For those that need to go, God's blessing on you. As we sing this song, you feel free to join, leave, exit. Uh, it looks like it's dry right now. Praise God. And uh, if you've got little ones, they'll be upstairs doing their Easter egg hunt. So God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.